to hear the words of your mouth mercy to know your will mercy father to be justified by your faith we pray father that you would help us again to hear you our father we ask, Lord, that the work which you are doing in each and every one of us would continue in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask for help for continuity again. We ask, Father, that the grace to, to continue your supply for us again today in the name of Jesus. But I will pray, Lord, that you would help us to hear you this morning in the name of Jesus Father I ask for help this morning to minister your word I ask for grace to align with your thought I ask for help to speak as your oracle in the name of Jesus reach our hearts let me not just speak but Jesus. Help us to lay hold of your word this morning. Father, that again we would receive vengeance. Father, that the fans of your vengeance would reach out to our soul this morning. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Father, help us. Help us, Father. We're in need of great help. Help us. We'll come before you with all lowliness and meekness of heart to receive from you. But we know that you would answer us. We know that you have answered. And we know that you have helped us. Thank you, Father, because you have answered our prayers. Amen. For in Jesus' mighty name we have worshipped. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I welcome uh, I welcome us this morning. And how was our week? Hope oh, we had a, a great week. Amen. Yes. And hope we are not tired. Yes. Amen. Yes. I'm happy to see us this morning. Blessed on Tuesday. Amen. I was greatly blessed. I was helped. Amen. Amen. I know that uh, God is still working in us. God is uh, encouraging us to to journey in the Spirit. Amen. Uh, I'm just waiting on God this morning to see which direction you would go I know there's a, a scripture that kept um, I mean uh, from for what I'm saying that just stayed with me but I don't know if uh, we would uh, go there but I think I'll just go down wherever we go from there we'll go. Amen. but before we we uh, go there. Uh, I remember I, I didn't ask us if any of us had any questions from you know from the last uh, convention meeting, the special prayers. If anybody had any question or or not, <laughs> I love him. Ah. What happened? Amen. Uh, what happened? Is it? These are there's a lot of questions. There's no question. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So, I said there's a lot of there's a lot of questions. So there are plenty. Amen. I don't know. Should we should we take the questions or no? You you tell me. What do you do? You want us to answer the questions or not? Or just one of it. Madam, want to want us to have any question? Have any question? Do you have any, do you have any question? I don't know. I didn't write anything for sit down, but I know that. <laughs> <laughs> the question is more like you go back and play. Yes. So you understand. Understand. Okay. Alright. Okay, I understand. So I guess uh we should do the, our due diligence to to listen again. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Holy Spirit, that's where I have this mind. Um, I, I hope not to take much of our time. 
but uh, just meditating on 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 the thought on Tuesday. I'm just I'm seeing uh, maybe an aspect to also emphasize the thought. when it comes to when it comes to ministry you know ministry is also a is a job <laughs> because you are learning and learning and learning and relearning many things amen can I ask a question based on last on Tuesday yeah sure so um, second Peter where you you accord um, text for yes and this verse, the verses that talk about adding, adding, adding. Yeah. Are you able to expand to? Because I. <laughs> yeah. For example, now add to your faith virtue. What does virtue really mean? And mm. then is it in that? Does it have to progress in that manner? Mm. Meaning, if you are adding to your faith virtue, meaning you can't add patience. You can't reach because mm. patience comes after knowledge and then temperance. Yeah. <laughs> How does it work? I know that these different things are not <laughs> but I'm like what does this what does this really mean? Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, this question is quite <laughs> interesting. Amen. Ah, how do I answer this question? So this question I'm asking God to so help me answer it. to see where to come in in the sense that the question is a little bit doctrinal in a, in a way it might be a little bit difficult to to answer it without doctrine because all these things that you are adding talks really talks about a journey now praise the Lord so my wife is telling me that she increase volume, so let me increase volume. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. I hope you can all hear me now, eh? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Um, the real answer to that question, the real answer to that question is actually found in verse 8 
thing that will be the wisdom for that answer. Amen. Amen. So it says in verse 8, say for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, the key here is being fruitful in a knowledge. Right? Being fruitful in a knowledge. And that knowledge is the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we know, our Lord Jesus Christ here is the first inheritance of the kingdom. Right? Which the which Peter is actually centering on when he began to talk about those things he was outlining. It's, it was it's more like and Paul, or is it Peter, sorry, Peter is giving an explanation because the thought really started from verse 1. Amen. So let me read it. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ now of course before if we see through the righteousness of God well we see that uh, before we used to just summarize that okay, knowledge of God because we don't know exactly what it means right so here, through the knowledge of God, we just know it's God's knowledge. I mean, and it's not a lie; it's true. But just that we have not really centered in on what that knowledge of God means. Sorry, the righteousness of God means. But if you now look carefully at the statement, so you have obtained like precious faith. You are what obtain a like precious faith. Now this the faith that Peter is talking about here hey, because I'm seeing different thoughts and all these things that more like breaking down, right? So there is this there is this like precious faith, right? Which is obtained. Does that make sense? Yes. So there is a faith that you will obtain. That faith you will obtain is not your faith. It's a faith you should acquire. 
right? Now, if you connect it to verse 8, really, the faith you acquire is the faith that should be in you. Which later I was referring to that if these things be in you, it shall make you. Because there's a way faith operates in the soul. If faith you've obtained, there is what it's called. Now this like precious faith, they're talking about a kind of faith that is precious. And we know that a precious faith, right, is also a kind of Christ. Does that make sense? Because when you're talking about Christ, right, the way the, the way you can know Christ is by faith. Mm. So sometimes when they're talking about faith, it takes God's wisdom to understand which what faith they are referring to. Right? Now, because this like precious faith is not just an ordinary faith anymore. Right? It is, uh, it has come from faith to a precious faith. That's what he's talking about. A precious faith is not the same as the faith. Sorry, it's not the same as faith. Okay, let me use that word. Because when I say the faith, I don't want to confuse us in the sense that there is another there is another one. Or there is there is there is what you call the faith. Does that make sense? Now the faith is a person. So when the scripture refers to the faith, they are talking about a person. Sometimes, when, when in scripture, when you look at the context around it and you see with wisdom, you can tell that what they are referring to is a person, and the person they, and the person they call the faith is Christ. Like they say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right. So when is I am the way, the truth, the life? It's the same word. So they use the faith. It's also the faith. Because it, it is the faith that encapsulates the way, the truth, the life. Really. So when you look at those, you are really looking at the faith. Right? <sighs> Amen. Amen. So, so sometimes, when you hear faith, you may, in scripture, by wisdom, you may be able to tell that what they are referring to is Christ. Because sometimes faith speaks. Not just sometimes. By nature, <laughs> by nature, faith speaks. And if faith is speaking, it means it's a person, right? Yes, sir. So, I don't want to dwell there. Uh, perhaps, maybe, because what I was even seeing in my, my heart. I started that the, the scripture that was maybe that scripture is for to think about later. But 
I think what I'm saying is actually really more like a, a, a preamble to, to that thought. And I guess it's, it's, it's God's wisdom. Amen. If you go through this route. Amen. So you have obtained like precious faith with us. And how did you obtain it? It is through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So how we were able to obtain the faith is because the righteousness of God was able to make it available. Does that make sense? Because you say you obtain something through, meaning that if I got your, if I got someone's number, or I get your number through someone, it means that I will be able to get your information is that I went through someone. So it is the person that handed over to me your information. Right? So, in a way, they're talking about there is what the righteousness of God can supply you. Right? Now, when you began to talk about the righteousness of God, inside it you see everlasting life. Right? Now, meaning the, 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 the peak life of a Christ that is made sure. Does that make sense? The peak, the peak life of a Christ that is made sure. Amen. Well, let me put it this way. The righteousness of God, right, is in the dimension of God. Does that make sense? So the righteousness of God is in God's dimension. Meaning, it is seeing that place where you see everlasting and eternal life. That all that that's fair. That's where you can find the righteousness of God. So meaning that there's a way God supplies. So let it, if you want to make it simple, is that God supplied you the like precious faith, or God made like precious faith possible obtainable to you. So it is God that made it available. But not just zeroing in that God made it available and that's it. We're talking about where the power in God that made it available is coming from. Right? There's a, there's a place where that thing came from out of God. Right? And our Savior, Jesus Christ, because Jesus is how they publish the faith. Amen. Does that make sense? So God wrote, the simple explanation is that God wrote a work in Christ. So when God wrote the work in him, he now published it through him. And by publishing it, he made it available for everybody. So you, 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 me, we can grab our copy. Not when the publisher publishes a, a book, and you can grab your copy. That is why you can obtain. Right? It is, that's why it is obtainable. So you can obtain the copy of faith that was published. 
the thing about that is that there are many books. You know, you, you know a publisher can have many books. Or let me put it this way, like a series. You know, there's a ah, there's a okay. Maybe the easiest one everybody will know is there's a the book series of Harry Potter. You know, there's a series, one book leading to another. One book leading to another. One book leading to another. Or which other book is that? I don't know. That's like a series. Yeah, thing. Those days, sure. Those days, eh? Yeah, I don't know that one. It's a series. There are books like that. There is a. Yeah. There is. Ah, I can't remember. I don't know why I can't remember this. There are, I, I knew there were books that was written out of that. They were just lined up. When you get this one, you'll be looking for, oh, where's the next one? Huh? I don't I can't remember. It's in my head, but you know, I don't know. I don't know if I post it to you, but the thing is here, but I can't, I can't fetch it. It's okay. So we'll go with what we have. Yeah. So those series, you know, there are many series, series that they don't have, they don't link together. Like so, for example, you know you can have some. It's not a series; it's a franchise. You can have a franchise of books, right? Like um, uh, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. You know, so Splinter Cell has different. I think that one, some of them may have some some connection, but there are some books that, like the ones that they solve murders. I forgot that. Ah. Is it Midsummer Murders or something yes. like that? Something like that. You, know, you have some of them in, mm-hmm. in TV. But you know you can have a series like Avengers. <laughs> like the the MCU. Marvel Comics Universe, right? Yeah. Where every story links, is building up, and is leading somewhere. So there's where they started from, and then there's where they are going. Which, and the funny thing is that every movie plays an important role in understanding the whole universe. That, that movie. Even though Amen. Even though you can watch those movies separately. That makes sense. I think I'm already this example actually has Explains the question, but let me let me get there. It is possible to watch those movies separately and still enjoy it, and doesn't feel like you've missed something, right? Because of the way it is written, well published, and well well written. Although, if you watch it, you might have a sense oh, something has happened before. But yeah, yeah, let's focus on this story, right? If you now get to watch the movie later, you are like, oh, this is what links to that one. Yeah. <laughs> so that itself is is a I don't know what I put it is a is a series of publishings that is meant for I'll say entertainment, but also for understanding, because each story has something it's adding to the whole to the whole content to the whole uh, content, let's use the word content, right? But, I'm using this to explain that aspect of Jesus publishing books, right? Now, we can see in Isaiah 
50. Let me see if I can read it. So let's take second Peter. Uh, I hope I don't forget. Because most of the time I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to, to help me. Praise the Lord. I'm asking God to help me to to be able to remember my my line of thought. So the line of thought is about publishing, okay? Publishing and then I'll go back to the beginning. So let me quickly go to Isaiah just to make, just to establish the understanding of Jesus publishing. So there's something I want to explain there. About, and it's about that like precious faith I'm explaining. But let's go there just to solidify the understanding. Uh, I hope I don't spend much time. So let me go to Isaiah. Oh, wait. Isaiah. Fifty. Is it fifty or fifty-two? Let me see. Ah, yes, fifty-two. Sorry, it's fifty-two seven. No, I can't remember. What's in fifty? Fifty-two verse seven. Fifty-two verse seven. Say, "How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, <coughs> and bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation." So this is talking about what what God publishes, right? So the first, the first one that they publish is peace. Then the next one that they publish is salvation. Right? Now, the publishing of peace really is the publishing of Christ. And inside that, you have many publishings that accumulates to the publishing of peace in a soul. Right? Part of what they publish is Faith, hope, then charity. They are also publishers, right? But the scripture didn't call them publish. Now, the reason why I say publish is, uh, or what I mean by publishing is, you make when you publish something, right? You make it available to all. You publish it. You you produce it in mass. Right? So they, they wrote a work in Christ, which Christ then published, so that everybody can then obtain their copy. Right? That was explaining. Now, part of what you can obtain, right, is like precious faith. But you can also obtain a, another faith that is not yet precious. Right, so Jesus, let me. I just let me settle. I think I, I think I'll just settle that understanding. So, Jesus, God made a kind of life which I call faith available, 
right? You obtain life precious faith through the knowledge, through the righteousness of God, sorry, and of our Savior Lord Jesus. So where it came from is actually from God. And God published it through Christ. That's what I'm explaining. In, and that explanation is about understanding that through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the relationship then is that God made it available. He wrote it in Christ and then published it so that it is obtainable. But there are many things you can obtain. That's what I'm trying to explain. Right? There are many things you can obtain because there are many things published. So Jesus or Christ published peace but there are many things that accumulated to peace. Then after that, the next publication is salvation. That one is in God's realm. So there are, they publish things a lot. And do you know what they publish? It's a knowledge. Right? And don't forget, in that verse, it says that you are not unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Right? Just connecting their thought. So what they publish is, it looks like an information, but really is a knowledge, which has accumulated into a life. You can publish that. Because knowledge in a soul sits, sits as knowledge, not the way we think knowledge is. Amen. Amen. You know what we call knowledge is you acquire information. Right? But spiritually, that's not what it is. So, knowledge spiritually is not an acquisition of information. When you talk about knowledge, really, it's a life. What you call knowledge is a life. It's not, it's not just information that... And then, you know, there's a way they... Okay, no, let me... Okay, let me do that. Because I'm going to talk about the, what we call wisdom and what we call knowledge. Right, it's it's up it's upside down. Yeah. And the Satan that did that, just that his skill is perverting things. So he turned things upside down. So in the natural, we call wisdom the application of knowledge. But really, in the spirit, it not doesn't work that way. For you to get wisdom, for you to get knowledge, sorry, you need wisdom. In short, if I would use the same wisdom the word is using to to explain, I would say knowledge. Is the application of wisdom. That's it. Knowledge is the application of wisdom. So when you use wisdom, what you get is knowledge. It's not the other way around. Where is that you apply knowledge and you use that that's wisdom? No, it's actually the other way around. You apply wisdom to get knowledge. Amen. So let me move further because let me not stay too long there so I can trace my step back. Right. So, like I was like I was saying, there are many things you can obtain. Right. Part of what you can obtain is another kind of faith that is not precious. Right. Let, let me go to Isaiah twenty-eight, chapter. I'm going to get to twenty-eight verse. Let me go to sixteen. Ah. Yes. So therefore, thus saith the Lord God. So behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, 
a stove. Right? A tried stove. A precious corner stone. A sure foundation. Are you seeing that's in the word precious there? No less earlier we see like precious faith. And if is is this is it's actually this thing that I explain is the, is the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. Without the wisdom of God, we can actually get that understanding. No, there's a way there's a way we'll be reading this precious uh, precious cornerstone sure foundation. But you know you, you may never connect it to like precious faith. And it's the way Holy Ghost arranged things. Holy Ghost, you'll be so funny. Sometimes Holy Ghost wants to explain something to you. You use the same word to connect the same word that even when you look at the context, it will not be the same word. You bring the context to you. you make, it will make sense. The operation of that is what you call revelation. The operation where Holy Ghost begin to lift scripture. They begin to call scriptures. And they begin to explain them to you. You know, oh, that one is called. And I would say, called. To call this, oh, okay, this, this. Is Holy Ghost beginning to give revelation to. Is wisdom, that is actually the operation of wisdom. It is wisdom at work. It is wisdom that searches. So for, you can, as you are here, you can quickly search different places in the script. Pew, pew, give it to you. Search there. Bring it. Search there. Bring it. So as you are thinking, one scripture will just be learned. Ah, that one. Ah, somebody is fetching them and bringing it to you. And the person fetching it is wisdom. I say person because it's 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 an activity of a person because it is the activity of the spirit of the Lord. Who is a person too? The spirit of the Lord is the spirit of Christ. It is the spirit they use to write in people, right? So the Holy Ghost, who is the spirit of Christ, also, right, can begin to bring spirit into you. Amen. So let me just explain this and then move further. So it says, a stone, a tried stone. A precious corner stone. Now we understand that a stone is also a Christ. So the first stage that they, when you are, when you are, when, sorry, when they are, when they are planning your escape from the world, the first thing they do to you is they turn you from grass to stone. The moment you become a stone, they've they've made you. Let me put it this way. They've, they've solidified you in a way. Right? Because what Satan has been doing ages is disintegra- dis- disintegrating a stone. Right? Then it will disintegrate a stone. When you, you know when you break a stone down, what you have is dust. Right? So now when you now begin to put the dust together, apply pressure, right? Over time, that dust will become a stone. So it's not, it's not that they have been going, we have been going to try as men, right? So all this is at the activity 
of the spirit of God in a soul. And how they do that is through knowledge, right? So, but knowledge increases. So as you, as we get born again, they start telling us, ah, "Don't be worldly. Don't 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 like the works of the flesh. It's not good. Kill flesh. Kill flesh. Right? In the measure we start hearing that, or they start, oh, read your Bible. Uh, don't think the world things. No, just the things we learn. We initially things. Okay, learn what faith. What is faith? This is what faith is called. Okay, you've learned faith. There's what we call confession. There's what we call uh, when you read your Bible, believing the word. You have to believe. You no, know, teaching our a believer how to believe. Right? Really, the, our beginning lesson is they're teaching us how to. How to. How, how, how. All we are learning is how to. Right? Which we can then use. It's like they're teaching you a skill that you cannot begin to use later. Right? Just like any profession. Not even any profession. No. Just a skill you're learning. When you start, you will not be perfect at it, right? But you first learn skills to do, let's say, a certain job. People that people that you have, they call experts, right? They didn't start as experts. Is that they start and they start learning the skill, right? They are they start learning how. Once they learn how, amen. Once once. They learn how, right? Then they cannot begin to use what they learned and then begin to perfect it, right? As they perfect it, then they can then begin to uh, become professionals. As they are, as they are bec- becoming professionals, they upgrade their knowledge, right? And as they upgrade their knowledge, they can begin to undo more, more things. They have expertise, expertise, right? Then over time, they are, they are, they are professionals. They are experts. Okay. So they've been practitioners because they've been practicing, but they become experts, professionals, right? Like. Like an engineer, right? You graduate, you get your higher ring. You start as engineer in training. So the first thing they train you, then you have to work for five years. After years, then they, they give you your professional engineering designation. But you have to you have to prove it. You have to prove that you are worth that license. Because after five years, they don't tell you write your report. Now come and take a professional exam. Let's check your knowledge. See that concept, and this one is branching. It's almost the same thing when the scripture says, Make your calling an election sure. Because you have to become a professional. And you know, you know, you know, you know, Christianity is also a profession. Not Christianity. The life of a Christian ought to be a profession. It's a profession. You know, you hear the author, you say the, the author of our profession. Right? But is it the author? Ah, let, me, let me not quote the scripture. There's, the daughter was, that scripture was coming to me now. So it's, I think the author, the apostle of our profession, Jesus Christ, right? So they're saying that we have a profession. Someone authored it. There's an apostle on it, right? We're supposed to become practitioners and also professionals, experts. Amen. And there is a way and there's a part of that practice that you make your calling sure 
right? You become an expert. The same way an engineer after they have to have the exam. Let's before we give you this designation, let's make sure you let's prove you. Right? That's what they do. So you can see in this passage, verse 16 of Isaiah 28, here we have a sure foundation, right? That sure foundation is that is that the face. Is that the face where you are making your faith sure? Let me use that word. Because the thought I'm trying to connect is faith. Right? So faith. <laughs> Amen. Tell us. Can't stop her. So let her. Just let her be. Amen. So there is the word faith. Because sometimes we need the understanding to connect it, right? So sometimes when they're talking about stone, they might use stone, they might use faith. But there is something they are saying, right? And it's with understanding we can get it. So when they are saying like precious faith, they're talking about a there's there is a faith you obtain. Because there's a way faith works. Right? So the different stages as we grow is first they make you a stone like I was explaining. Then the next phase is that they make you a oh, there's a okay let me let me just say it that way. They make you a stone, then the next phase they make you a tried stone. Amen. Amen. Then after they make you a tried stone then they make you a precious cornerstone. Now, so, there is a stage where you are, you're, you're, you, are, you, are, you are becoming a tri-stone. That is the time they refer to as your fate being tried. And that's in Peter. It's so interesting. Peter used the word fate. I'm just saying that he's using faith a lot to explain certain things, right? Says, "Count it all." Jo-. Is it count it all joy? I think, I think I can move to that Peter, First Peter one. First Peter one, right? Uh, verse, verse. Let me read from verse five. So, who are kept by the power of God through faith? You see, again, he's using the word faith. Unto salvation. You see, earlier, there's what we called peace being published. And I mentioned that before you get to peace being published, right, you have stages to go through. Faith of charity, I use that, but I can also say stone, tried stone, precious stone. Right? When you are just a stone, you are not yet a charity. So these ones, they align one after the other. Right? So if you're looking at the chronology of things, chronicles of things, right? They align one by one. So there's a place where things align, but there's also a place where they are not much worried about the, the alignment. They may align really in the spirit, but the way God gives it may not be in the way it is aligned. But when you look at the finished product, what you see inside the soul is all those things aligned in the soul. 
Amen. Amen. So, so there's a wisdom of how God gives things, right? And there's the way things are said to be. So, for example, now, unless a precious stone means nothing, then you can say that you can become a precious stone before you become a tried stone. It doesn't work that way. There's who they call a tried stone. Then that stone needs to be tried to become precious. Right? So in this first Peter, they now talked about who are come by power of God through faith unto salvation. I'm using this to explain that publishing peace and publishing salvation. When they publish peace, they also have to publish salvation. So I'm using now when you when you now have faith, faith ought to lead to salvation. Does that make sense? So when you have faith, faith should, the faith that is sure, because there's what we call a sure foundation, that's the peak of faith. Then, after that, faith is still faith, but it, it will take another operation to, to end you in salvation. At that time, is when faith will not begin to demand or or let me put it this way, you will not begin to practice faith as a professional. Right? That is the phase where faith faith must be put to work. If it's not put to work in that place, that place is actually God's realm. Exactly. That's where salvation is. There is where faith needs to be alive. If faith is not put to work, it will be dead. Right? Which, the, which I believe uh, is it James that are saying that faith. Is it Jude? I think it's because it's Paul and James. I think it's James. Where they were now saying that faith without works is dead. But there is works in that God's realm. It's not the same as works in Christ's realm. Right? I don't want to confuse us. So let, me, let, me, let, me let me move away quickly because that was going to bring more questions. But I guess the concept I just want to bring out there is that when you get, there's a, there's, there's a growth at the peakest, peakest of Christ. A crowd that has become sure. They still use faith there. They may refer to faith there. Because you know, there's a way, the reason why I'm explaining is that you know there's a way we talk about faith. You learn faith, then you learn faith of the Son. And then you become Christ. We may think, oh, but faith is in the beginning. Not really. Faith is actually throughout the entire journey. You will not leave faith until you get to the throne. You will still be using it. But it's just the way scripture breaks it down. I think that's what I'm trying to explain. Right? So, when I talk about precious, your know, tried faith, then let me read it. So, we're in, in uh, verse, let me read First Peter 1. So that we complete it. I don't forget the thought. To an inheritance. Okay, wait. Verse 5. says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. It says, Wherein, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season. You see? There is a season. If need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. Why? That the trial of your faith. See? Now see what it says. Being 
much more precious than of God. You see, they say the trial of your faith is precious. They are explaining that thought in Isaiah, right? A stone, a tried stone, a precious. Because it's when they try a stone that becomes precious. So Peter is using wisdom to explain here that the trial of your faith is more precious. Why? Because the trial will result in a preciousness. Right? Okay. So, there is a faith that is tried. There is a faith that is precious. Right? So, in now Second Peter 1, you're not saying that you have obtained so, you, are, you will obtain a tried faith. You would obtain a precious faith. Right? Now, because you can obtain them, that means that there's what God will do. Or there's something God will publish. Or there's a knowledge God will publish for you to obtain that state. I think that's it. I'm done. Let me go back to Second Peter. Because of time, I think I spent... I spent some time. Abby? Have I spent time at all? I think I spent time. I'm just looking now. If if this time is correct, it means it's almost two hours. Which means I spent almost an hour explaining it. But it's not yet an hour. But almost. Wow. Let me see. Maybe the next 10-15 minutes I can random so that I just spent an hour. We spent two hours all together and then we can go. Hey, I'm happy. Wow. God, thank you. Because normally I'll spend like two hours first before I even get here. <laughs> Amen. Thank God. Um, so, I think I've answered the question, but I'm just teaching the understanding. Amen. But that says here, uh, in verse 1, says, Simon Peter is servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. When we see this verse, I think we should we should understand this verse now. But let me move on. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. So you see here that they are still talking about the knowledge, right? Of God and of Jesus our Lord. So there's two things you must know. God and Jesus our Lord. Now this Jesus they are talking about, this Jesus our Lord is Christ. Amen. So according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. <coughs> Amen. Hmm. According to his divine power. Ah, let me know this. Okay, let me move further because I don't want to spend time. According to his divine power, I've given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. They are saying that divine power made it available or made it possible. Or divine power gave us things pertaining to life and godliness. Um, amen. And how we did it is through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. That is, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. If you look at it really, Peter is just still explaining that verse 1. 
but using the wisdom of the spirit to outline them. When you break these things down, you still be seeing the same elements in that verse one in all of them, right? It says exceeding great and precious promises, right? Now a precious promise, right? A, a precious promise is a result in a precious life. That makes sense. So, precious, because when you talk about promises, there's something promised. Promised you. What you are promised is life. Right? So, precious promises. Is precious life. Just like this one is just is not is not using life to explain. There's exceeding great promises. This great promise is much more than precious promise. Right? But you have to get a precious promise before you get a great promise. Or well, let me put it this way: you have to get a pre- you have to have a precious life. Before you can attain a great life. Those ones, right? You are just seeing how things are laid in the spirit. It's good to know how they are. But it's also good to also have a wisdom of how God gives them. The way God gives them is not the way we think. So it's good to know, okay, these things must be before this, must be before this. But if we are too focused thinking that way, Right? We may limit the way we receive things from God. Because we should just be open. But we should know how they are laid. We should know how they are laid. Know that I have to become stone before I become tried. Okay, I should know that. That's, that's the learning of doctrine. But we should not confuse the learning of doctrine with the receiving of life. Life. The how to give it is a is a wisdom in God. You and I don't have access to that. Mm-hmm. Why? Because He will do all things, right? He, he purpose all things, right? By the counsel of His will. There's a way counsel works inside Him that will produce the operation of installing life inside the soul, right? Sometimes. They will talk about the end. Sometimes they will talk about the beginning. Sometimes they will talk about the middle. Sometimes they will not tell you the, this is the beginning, this is the middle, this is the end. See how they align. Which somehow, just knowing how they align can open you up. Right? Let's say you don't know how things are aligned. You'll be like, ah, Lord, how will I go? But when they not make it clear, you see, oh, ah, so this is the part of my growth. Oh, well, not here. Okay, now I know. The reason why they do that, I believe sometimes, is because of the, is for the purpose of giving a anchor. Right? Whether we can anchor our soul on. So if I know that, the, there's a way, I don't know, I think, I think, I don't, what, what? God will help me refine the thought. What I'm saying is that there's a way we all look, we all look for the greatest thing. Don't you think so? Have you ever seen men? Maybe there are maybe there are souls like that. Have you ever seen a soul that will know that ah, it is possible to have not that 
It is impossible. It is actually possible. And if you want, you can actually get it. Right? It is possible to have all the money in this world. You don't have to do anything for it. You just give it to you. Will you say, no, I don't want? We are not saying you are being worried now. So I don't want to talk about money. Because like, ah, let me be careful what I say. I mean, it's all of it. Okay. I don't have to do anything? No. Are you sure? Okay. Now, if a man is promising you that one, you have to be careful. <laughs> right? <laughs> because you can't trust a man, man. Man. Right? The only man you can trust is a man that God has raised. And you know that this God has raised this soul. And they say, I want to give you all the money in the world. But, but here's the thing. If a man God has raised does not have all the money in the world, all the money in the world does not belong to a man. It belongs to a spirit. So really, he who can give it is the spirit. So is either God gives it to you or Satan will give it to you. So you just have to know who is giving it. If it is God, then that means that God knows you can take it. That's why he's giving you. If you can't take it, God will not give you. It's as simple as that. If God knows that it will kill you, and if, of course God loves you, he won't give it. Why? Because God cares for you to be saved much yes. more than giving you natural things or giving you objects. Right? So there is there is something in us that always longs for the highest, the highest. And I think yes. it's the same thing that Satan locked into yes. to turn, to turn to pride. Whereby you always want to elevate yourself above others. You always want to oppress others. You know, colonize so that you are above, oppress the rest. That nature. Satan perverted something. Maybe something God put in the soul to help the soul to, to desire his life. Because why he is high. So there is that what he put in so that it keeps oh yes, let me keep long, let me keep climbing. The Satan twisted. So they will not they will not ex, they will show to you. See, the peak of this thing is really there. So that if you are here, you can desire to join in there. It is part of the program of salvation. Why? Because if they don't create, if they don't by wisdom create an expectation in you, you won't by nat- you won't naturally have an expectation. Does that make sense? Yes. Nobody naturally just expects themselves to just become Christ fully. No, nothing. I mean, there's a way the world thinks about becoming Christ, which is no, that one. Even though we all say it's difficult to get there, but there's 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 a way they they just explain it to your soul. And then you'll be like, yes, I want to be like that. I want to become like Christ. They are creating an expectation. They are creating it. They are creating a righteous expectation. Like they said, the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. Amen. Okay, I'm preaching now. Let me move further. I'm now preaching. Okay, let me explain. So let uh, let's. Uh, where am I? Where was I? Where was I? Uh, divine. Okay, I was talking about divine power. Exceeding great and precious promises. Yeah. Okay. Say so that by this, right, you may be partakers of the divine nature.
this one is just for me. So I was trying to, you know, it makes sense. Amen. So, particularly of the divine nature, and you know when you be, when you become divine, you have moved into the world of God. If you are not, if you are not in God's world, you are not yet divine. And that's why we say divine, divinity. God is div- God is divine. <laughs> when you need to talk about divinity or divine realm, is where God is. Amen. Amen. Okay. I want to make a statement, but I say let me pause. I think I, I had a caution about it. I said okay, maybe I should just hold on. But the thought there is, it is the divine world that you have, divine nature, right? That says that having escaped, so the way you can get into divine nature, right? That is, you must have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, so I begin to now explain. So, besides this, you must have explained. Now, sorry, you must have escaped the corruption that is in this world. So, besides this, so it's like just, it's like besides. English. Besides this, means that they're not saying throw that away. They're just saying that on the side, right? On the side of this, let me let's explain how you would escape the world, right? For you to escape the world, world certain things must be present in you, which must cause you to be fruitful. For you to escape the world, you must be fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. That's what he's saying. For you to be for for you to be escape the world, you must be fruitful, right? And what what you must be fruitful in is in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, because it is that knowledge that is the provision for the escape of the world. Now, it seems like I'm coming from the back. It's not that I wanted to answer the question and I went to the back, <laughs> right? But I'm trying to use the back to actually explain what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you need to be fruitful in the knowledge. Right? The knowledge that is the provision for the escape in the world. Now, for you to escape in the, the world, certain things must be present in you. Mm-hmm. There are things that must be present. They are now using spiritualism to lay them down. Because the first thing you encounter right is fate so it says now let me now go to that verse uh, five it says and besides this giving all diligence now and this too is key giving all diligence which means they encapsulate everything else in diligence meaning that for you to achieve this, all these things I'm about to say, you must be diligent. Diligent, right? Giving all diligence. So, I'm going to use the word diligence every in all this. It says, diligently add to your faith virtue. Meaning that you must have faith. Right? Because when, now, this, this thing that I'm talking about is not the world of Christ. Inside the world of Christ, there are things they will add to you. 
So the first thing you encounter is faith. Mm. No, no, they didn't say they didn't say they didn't say anything about how you get faith. Just says add to your faith. Mm. Means that you've already obtained the faith. So you've obtained the first faith. Because the knowledge of God is from faith to faith. Right? The righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith. Ah, let me just stay. Because <laughs> the moment I mentioned this scripture, I wanted to go back to that verse 1. I'm going to talk about the righteousness of God. Right? I think maybe I can explain it because it's still the same thought. Says because that other Romans one verse sixteen right is explaining something. It says there is how the righteousness of God is revealed. It is what from faith to faith, and don't forget that you have obtained the life precious faith through the righteousness of God. Does that make sense? It means that when they now begin to reveal the righteousness of God to you, it is from faith to faith. It must be revealed, right? So when they reveal, when they reveal it to you, the first thing you come into is faith. But don't forget that the moment you get born again, you the course of faith began. Just that the first faith that we learn is our own towards God. Then after a while, they switch it up. It is now faith of the Son, which is the one they now begin to reveal from faith to faith. The one we start with is not revealed. The one that introduces us to Christ is the one that is revealed because it is by revelation. Now, your faith towards God is not revealed. Why? Because the moment you get born again, is there. They just build it. Everyone put emphasis on it to facilitate a relationship between you and God to introduce you to another economy mm. of life. There's a way things run differently from the way the world has the way mm. the way the world is. The world is against faith. So all this while before we get born again, or if we if we if you and I were born from Christians' homes, you know there's only we are Christians, yes. we can learn some Christian value. But the moment it occurred to us that we should be saying, ah, I want to believe, I believe in God now. Mm. You can be raised in Christians, but we don't believe in God. Mm. And the same way that we don't believe in God, that the things we do, not even, we don't even factor God. Yeah. I just do my thing. But there's a part, there's a, there's a, there's a time you begin to believe mm. in God. When that happens, you now realize that, ah, Holy Ghost, how well, now you believe. Yeah. Let's start increasing your faith towards God. Mm. You begin to train you on how to increase faith towards God. It's to solidify that believing. Mm. Why? So that without reasonable doubt, you should enjoy God without reasonable doubt. If somebody comes and tells you there's no God, you're like, no, somebody have experienced and you are sick. Mm-hmm. Now, you know why? This one I say is like, quickly, yeah, five minutes and I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'll explain, I think I've really explained what. You see, this is that learning of faith towards God. It's very useful. Mm-hmm. You know how? You know why? Because the moment they begin to bring faith dealings, you need that experience to continue. Mm. If you don't know God, is if, you, if they're not solidified your belief yeah. in God, the moment one small thing comes, you run 
will forget God straight. Yeah. How do I know? Check Israel. Yeah. They left Egypt. They've not, they've not, they've not gone far. You mean that they just left? They've not gone far. They just saw chariots. Hey, ha! We are going to perish. Hey, if we are still, they won't be chasing us to kill us. Ha! Hey, you just left. They now hit um, the. The Red Sea. Hey, you have killed us, Moses. Oh, Moses, you have killed us. So, oh. ha, ha. You know that's how souls be- behave. Yes, sir. You know, you know that behavior. You can find it in every soul. Yes, sir. How? Just, let's not go too far. Just the way you commit to things. Mm. You know, there's a way you can commit, but not commit. Mm. When you don't commit, it's clear. Maybe they say, "Oh, let's do this time. Let's the person do not commit." Ah, mm. we do it. The slightest discomfort. Ah, I beg me, I'm not interested again, Jerry. <laughs> See, there's a root of that. That there's a that nature. You, when you trace it, it's also it's also factoring in your relationship with God. Yeah. Why? Because we don't That's we don't commit. We don't, we don't, uh, mm-hmm. won't commit. Mm-hmm. You sure? So the most the small 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 thing. Let's say commit to God. Commit to God. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll commit, I'll commit. I love Jesus, I love you. Mm. You know, sometimes maybe the reason why we remember God sometimes is because maybe something hard is happening. Oh, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Okay. Then the thing will go away. Ha, I thank God, God save me. Then they check the person after their life, after like maybe five, four months. They are almost probably back to what they were doing before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have b- believers do- behaving that way. Right there. It's, a, it's, it's an Israelite behavior. Mm. God is just using Israel to explain certain nature. So Israel did not, they've not even left Egypt. How many minutes? They already trying to go back there. So let us just, let's just go there. Let's just go there. We are okay. Moses, this one that you brought, you brought, I mean, brought us here to perish. Then Moses was like, see these people. Please God, I said we should leave. So, so when I said, you didn't believe me. That's how some pastors, that's how they are, when they are seeing souls. Ah! Now, pastors are very careful. They will tell you, don't do that. Say, hey, are you sure? You know why? Mm-hmm. If, if they tell you, don't do that thing, and your heart has not been in a place where you've come under, if anything happens, you will not take responsibility. The first thing, you told me to do it, oh! You told me to do it now. See what has happened. And then the pastor will be like, ah. hey. maybe that is actually what's supposed to happen by by making you go there because God has a different wisdom. Things He wants to do to God. If you go to God, ah, is you? It seems as if things are scattered. Ah, they said I should do it. Then know what's happening. You won't take responsibility. Quickly, quickly. I don't know why souls are like that. Inch the failure to that person. And the, it's you that instructed me to do it. Why? Because it is easier for the soul to easily put blame on others. Why? Because you know there's a way the weight of things dissipate when we don't take responsibility for them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not my fault. It's his fault. You see, it just is a survival. I won't call it survival. It's a survival mechanism that Satan taught me. Mm. It's Satan that no, we have, we have different survival mechanisms. Why? Because I mean, 
It's not my fault, it's his fault. If you keep blaming the, the person, it will be easier. Mm. But the funny thing is that the blame does not remove the situation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just makes us feel better. Mm. Then, hey! They have me and I said, okay, let me, let me for that. Sorry, I was preaching. But what I was trying to explain is that they teach us faith to make us commit. So that when they increase our belief in God, the moment they move us out of Egypt, so that we won't behave like the Israelite, even though someone wants to behave like that. But with much belief, even though you have doubt, you won't fully exhibit that nature. Right? So the purpose of that is to ensure that you commit. So that when you see the Red Sea, you don't want to go back to Egypt. When you see the Red Sea, God, what should we do? Okay, wait, let me part. Ah, bah, bah, thank you, Jesus. We are going. That's a different nature. You enter the wilderness. Ah, there's no water. Lord, you're in the desert. There's no water. I know you can make a way. I saw, Lord, what should we do? Strike the rock water or uh, go by the side there. There's a, there's a place. Just strike a little bit. Water will come out. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. That's a different, that's a different posture. But most of us were like Israel. It's by force they carried out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Parted the Red Sea. We complained with part Red Sea. After we part the Red Sea, we finish. Hey! Ha, Egyptian are good. Egyptian we saw today. We say, oh, well, we're happy, happy. And then all of a sudden, then dryness, no water. Ah, God. Hey, Moses, you have killed us again. It's, it's not Israel. Think you and me. We are like that. Like <laughs> that. But. That's the reason why they have to increase the learning of faith towards God so that we can believe. Because when we now become stone, right, we can now be tried. If you endured those training earlier, we are now getting tried. You know that one is much intense. Much, much more intense. You won't break and say, ah, no, I'm going. No, you continue. Amen. So, I'll just need to explain faith. Now, I've preached faith. Let me move for that. So, we initially, when we get born again, we are introduced to faith towards God. Then they now begin to reveal faith. They, there's a way they move souls into faith. Faith of the Son, you begin to learn it. It's the knowledge. That's, the be- that's really the beginning of knowledge. You know, even in milk, or when we just get born again, there's some knowledge we learn, but it's not really, it's not really, really the knowledge of God. It's some kind of knowledge. But it's different from what they call the knowledge of God. Because the knowledge of God talks about God's own personal nature. That's when they now begin to break God down. Pieces by piece, and then begin to give it to you as an inheritance. Hmm? Although you've not fully inherited it. It's a point where you come to fullness of inheritance. Amen. So that says, had to your faith virtue. There's a way virtue is explained. You know there's a way, and the best is, is how there's a way Pastor Jeff explained it. And it made sense. I said, Yes. This thought made sense. How? When there's a way, and the understanding is also with scripture. When you hear virtue in scripture is where the woman with the issue of blood mm. touched the hem. And she said, mm, virtue came out of me. Yeah. Jesus said, ah, virtue came out of me. Now, mm. the operation there is this. The man, mm. woman had faith, yeah. but needed virtue. To produce a miracle. Now, virtue is what you add to faith to make faith potent. 
that makes sense. So when you know it's possible you have faith, but it's not yet potent. Right? Have faith. It's also, I can put it this way, it's an increase of faith. Mm. I can put it this way. You know, there's a way you can believe God can heal. But you've never been at the point where God is not trying to really heal. Mm. That's the point you know that you really need virtue. Because <laughs> yeah. ah, you not see somebody sick, you're not healing. Now realize that that time, the faith you had that God can heal is not enough. Hey. Right? Yes, now know that you don't need someone else to add to yours, mm. which is the, God's own faith. Mm. Right? Yes, I know that something came, virtue came out of Christ. He, he knew that something left him. Huh? Something. Mm. But that thing, when you look at it, it's, really, it's the way it's, it's power. Mm. New virtue. So what virtue is is what make faith faith potent. Now when you know you want to use that understanding, think about it in imagine it in yeah. your soul. So Learning faith. faith, knowing that mm. just having faith is not enough. Mm. You need to add to it. If you really want to become precious, mm. like they have been talking about, if you want to, if you want to come out precious, tried and precious and sure, let's like you want to become the the, the Christ, if you want to become Christ, when you begin, you know, we know that faith is the beginning of learning. Mm. Then you need to add to faith. It means that there's something extra yeah. you will do apart from just hearing faith, mm. right? There's the hearing of faith. But then, when you hear, there's something to you. need to add to it. So when, you know, when they expose you to the knowledge of God, you don't just sit down and do nothing about it. Right? Yes, sir. So you look further. What should I, what can I do? To, see this knowledge that I have. What can I do? What can I do with it? Amen. Amen. Now, there's a way. I'm going to add them. Let, let's go further and see where this thought will align. So, verse uh, five. And besides, giving all the years, add to your faith virtue. So after you diligently add virtue to faith, then what's next? And to virtue knowledge. So now here, this and I, I think we we'll now use scripture to explain this. Before you get to knowledge, virtue must be added to your faith. You may not know what that means right now. It's okay. Just know it. Maybe you know knowledge, you know faith, you don't know virtue. It's okay. But we've explained it in scripture now. Okay, what is what you have? It means that for you to get to knowledge, something was added to your faith. So when you are hearing faith, or faith begins to speak to you, right? And they begin to reveal the knowledge of God to you. From faith to faith, they begin to reveal it to you. From the point revelation begins to come to you. And at the point where revelation is sitting inside you as knowledge. Revelation is not knowledge. Revelation is wisdom. But when you are in the operation, the way, the way it comes is as if it is knowledge. It's not. 
That's a funny thing. But it's a kind of knowledge. You see, the thing is that sometimes when you want to express certain things, they are spiritual. We are limited by, you know, there's no English word. But I hope God will help us to spiritually understand the difference between the two. Or let me use the best way to explain that knowledge is information. But it is information is what bring it down because it's not just an information. It's a spiritual. Let me add spirit to it. It's a spiritual information, right? <coughs> spiritual information is not knowledge, even though spiritual information is a form of knowledge or is a form of knowing. You you supernaturally know something, meaning you supernaturally acquired some information. So at that point, what revelation is coming to you is still an information. It's not yet a knowledge. There is that part where wisdom gathers. So when wisdom is gathering the information, it's faith that is still talking. It's the operation of faith. Mm. Right? From that part of wisdom, bringing the information and the knowledge to you, there's now what we call understanding. Right? And the knowledge. Spirit of wisdom and revelation, right? Mm. Or wisdom and understanding, counsel, and mind, right? You have all these things, and then you get to the point where knowledge and the fear of the Lord. There's a point. See that part of knowledge is almost almost at the end, really. It's not even the beginning. It's almost at the end. It's when the thing you are learning is beginning to sit as a life. Yeah. When you move into knowledge, is what I think is about to be is 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 the phase of turning information to life. Mm. When information becomes life, mm. it sits as knowledge and fear. Mm. Because that fear, really, is you know you don't want to go against the life. Mm. So that you're afraid of God. Mm. You're not afraid of God. Mm-hmm. You just don't. Because what knowledge will put in you is a fear. That fear is not like, oh, oh, oh. no. Yeah, that, is a, that fear is a love. Mm. Maybe a, a good example I will give is, well, maybe before, you used to, ah, let me, what kind of example can I, can I give? <laughs> let me use this one, let me use this one. You know, it's possible to know that you should love your brethren. Maybe we won't get this, but... Let's say they offend you. Eh? Mm-hmm. And you, you don't even see it as offense. Mm. What will produce that kind of posture in you is a knowledge. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't look like it's a knowledge. Knowledge doesn't look like knowledge. Okay. What you call knowledge what you and I call knowledge is yeah. information. Information, yes, sir. <laughs> knowledge. You don't even. The thing is about knowledge is that you don't even know you have it. You don't even know why because you already behave. Your be. Hey, I don't even know if this makes sense. But let me put it this way: your righteous behavior is knowledge. The way you behave against the world is knowledge. That makes sense. Yes, sir. <laughs> when you, when you 
respond when you just when you live your life in a way what you are using is knowledge, knowledge. Yes, that's it that's what you are using it's knowledge you are using. so when you talk about ah we, we have knowledge no it's information you have how we know you have knowledge is when we see your display of life or when we see your conversation we're like ah that person has knowledge because it's, there's something you know that made you the way you are and that thing you know does not sit in you as ah, they say I should walk in love, I must walk in love. No. You just walk in love. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Ah, there's only something I was seeing. Ah, I hope I can remember. You know there's a way maybe somebody did something and you don't know maybe what happened in between or what resulted in what they did. No, it's easy to assume. Ah, the reason why this person did this is because of this, 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 and that. That person, I know that person is, I know that person, and that's how they behave all the time. Ah, is it not that person? Right? No, we're not supposed to be like that. Yes, sir. I know God is changing all of us. We are like that in some ways, but God is changing us. Mm-hmm. But there's another way. Yes, sir. If somebody did something, you are not even looking at, ah, yes, is that thing? You're like, hmm. Maybe they did this because they didn't have this, or maybe you give excuse, mm. and you're not giving. And the excuse you are giving is actually sincere. Mm. I mean, there's a different way you think. Yeah. Just judge it. When you are thinking, ah, that is wow. There's a way you are thinking. Yes, sir. Mm. Yes, sir. That thinking is unrighteous. Mm. But when. Somebody did something, and you're not thinking it because somehow the way we, the, the reason why we think that way is because we are thinking evil, mm. or you are, we are using yeah. negative emotions. Yeah. But if you just look at it purely, I'm like, hmm. Even though after you've checked all righteousness, it, it still seems like and there's still something here. You may not even say, even though you know, so that after we've checked every, we've, we've done all righteousness to make sure that we've not sinned and say, no, this person is always like this. We still know that the person really did, that person did it that way. Of you will address it, of course. I mean, the wisdom to address it, you know, God will give it. But we're not talking about the heart posture, which is different. It's the heart posture, whereby you don't just jump into conclusion simply because you've known their behavior before, even if it is their behavior. Ensure it is their behavior that resulted there. Look at this. But you know, there's a way you can sum someone up because of yes. their behavior. Yes. And the way you actually matter has nothing to do with their behavior. Yeah. Just that, I'm, even if it's their behavior, it's just the natural, just how things, in this case, that's just, that's just what's going to happen. Even though it aligns with their nature. But it's not really their fault. It's just the way things are. Then you cannot think outside of your thought and negative emotions and some, which you've summed. Right? Now, that scripture, hey, time, I'm finishing now. That scripture is what we now explain, no, no man after the flesh. Wow. See, if you can, if you can, I don't have scripture, yeah. you, that will help us in our relationship with people. Say, no, yes, no man sir. after the flesh. Mean that don't use their, yeah. their behavior to know a man. Yeah. They may behave yeah. somehow, but don't use that to know the person. Know the person inwardly. Know the person's spirit. Know the spirit. See the behavior, we'll get there. God will help all of us. God will get. Well, God will reach out. 
even though there's also wisdom. Because there are some devilish natures that you look at this one. It's not as if you're not, it's not silly, you know that that's, that nature must be avoided. Right? But there's that. But let's focus on what we are learning today, which is there's a there's what we call knowledge. Knowledge shifts a soul. Shifts the way of life. I mean, let me move further. So add to virtue knowledge, right? And to knowledge ten crimes. Okay? Hmm. How do I say it? It's not that I've explained knowledge. This, the way I explain this knowledge, <laughs> to explain the temperance may be, may be difficult. But let me come from an angle. The angle I want to come from is when okay. when you have knowledge, Knowledge should produce temperance. Amen. Amen. Knowledge should produce what? Temperance. Now, what is temperance? Temperance is te- is it temperament? Yeah, there's a word like that. <laughs> they use self control. That's not what. There's another word for it. Self control. It should lead to temper. Those when you look at it, those things are actually natures in Christ. So when you have knowledge, it should result in temperance. Means there's you don't you don't, don't jump into rash actions. You're not No when you talk about knowledge, there's a way Knowledge is in a soul. Because mm-hmm. there's a way you might think about knowledge as when you come into knowledge, is a wholesome home. We have knowledge. It's, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Uh, now I have knowledge because all my life in every shape form is aligning. Not really. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is plenty. Mm-hmm. Each knowledge deals with every knowledge deals with different that knowledge for different natures behaviors that for everyone god delivers you from there's a knowledge for it now that tells you that the word of knowledge is vast but then when you now sum all those knowledges together it's it's actually this what you now call knowledge a man of knowledge does that make sense okay i'm going to extend that it means that when you have knowledge you need Temperance. Okay, let me put it this way. I don't know if I have wisdom to explain this thing right now. But let me put it this way. Temperance is self-control. That's the easiest one I can use. And imagine where self-control comes in. If you don't add self-control to your knowledge, you won't actually use the knowledge. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm saying. That's the easiest way I can put it. Why? Because there are many, many things inside that is still worrying. Mm. So you have knowledge here. For that knowledge to be 
useful. You need temperance. Why? Because Satan can use different avenues. No way you have knowledge in a place. It's almost like you are blocking him. Yeah. Yeah. But when we we're not we're not here fully Christ. Some areas. There are still some areas. Right? So it can go. And the funny thing about Satan is that it does not matter which behavior, which action. As long as you have access to it, he can use it to produce a result. It doesn't matter which one. You might think maybe because I'm not proud. Oh, that we are proud. Let me let me put this. Maybe because I'm not. I'm a patient person. You know that patient is not. It's not the patient I'm talking about because this this patient is the patience of Christ, right? You know they say you can think because you are patient. You, you don't get. You can't get angry. Say that as it trigger you to be angry, right? You can if you say you are patient, you'll be pressing the button to break it. <laughs> then one day you'll get to the point where you break it and then you have. It's different. Amen. So when you add to tem- when temperance is added to knowledge, it's able to produce a patience. So that that makes sense, right? It's able to produce what a patience. When you now have a patient man, we're not talking about. Your own righteous patience. Yes, yes, sir. We're talking about the patience of Christ, the forbearance of Christ, the long suffering of Christ. Mm. When you have that, that can produce a godly man. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, me myself, I know. See this last three I explained. I still know that there's a well. Mm. There's a well of yes, well of understanding that God may, God, God may need to add to it for us to fully understand it. Yes, Those last that temperance, patience, and godliness. But here's what I want to say. Godliness mm-hmm. is a Christ that can escape the world. Why? Because He has given us. All things pertaining to life and godliness. Life is the beginning of the learning, knowledge. Godliness is is the end of not. I won't say the end. End is the end of a season. So life and godliness. So it's a godly man that can escape the world. Says pertaining also to life and godliness that. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. I'm just explaining that godliness aspect. So a godly man is a man of Christ. So you now realize that this faith to godliness is just a world of Christ they are talking to you. And these things that you add, you realize that what they are saying to it is Right? They didn't say. They didn't say. Grow. From faith to virtue, from virtue to they're saying act. Meaning that the way these things should sit in you is that you should have all of them. 
But it doesn't mean the way they will come to you is faith, then align, then after faith, then virtue. Now, when you look at it, you don't realize that these things, when they, when, when you put these things together, the result of it is the, is is to produce a kind of man. So when you look at all these things, just checking what you just talking about nature. With nature, they are just talking about nature. So it's still in a way a form of changing. So if these things be in you, it will make you now, that you are not what barren. Now, what I want what, what I want to say here is this. If you have faith, virtue, godly, godliness, patience, but you don't have temperance, you don't have knowledge, you can't be fruitful. Right. So what they are saying is that see, all of these things must be pleasant. Although it is possible for you to add in the way they said it. Right? Faith, virtue. Virtue, knowledge. Knowledge, temperance. Temperance, patience. Is the way... Ah, I, don't know. I, don't, I feel I'm not explaining it the way. It's not landing the way it should land. But... What I'm trying to say is it's not meant okay, even even though they align like that in the spirit, the giving of it may not be in that order. And it is possible it is in that order. Does that make sense? It is possible it is in that order. But it's possible it's also not in that order. Make sense? Yeah. It's possible it's not in that order. It's possible before you get to patience, you have temperance. So before you get to knowledge, it's possible you have temperance. It's possible you have patience. But here's the thing. I don't I don't if you don't have all this, I don't think you can be godly. So clearly in a way, those things they actually align. But the way they add to the way it comes may not be in that order. But it is clear if you don't have all these things, you can't be godly. If you if you can't be godly, because I mean how can you be godly when you lack patience or temperament? So clearly it aligns. It's a, it's an order of how things should be added. Right? Because what they want to produce is a godly man. Yes, sir. It's a godliness. But I'm not even I'm not even done, Abby. Because after godliness, there's what we call brotherly kindness. Then brotherly kindness, charity. Now they are naturally talking to you. What they are explaining is your journey from faith to charity. Because at the point of see that point of charity is the point of fruit bearing. So you understand that if these things be in you and they abound. So let me let me, let me put it this way and make it simple. Really, we should journey the way it's aligned. 
with knowledge add to it. But it takes wisdom to to understand which aspect they are talking about. Because there's see see all these things. This all these things we see inside it. You have faith. Inside it you have hope. Inside it you have charity. Does that make sense? Now. See, the point of faith is really the point of knowledge. When you move to hope, yeah, you know that hope requires patience. Hope requires temperance. Really? So when you look at it now, there's a transition from faith to hope, then to charity. I guess that's what I can put there. But I guess, because here's what I was here's what I was going to say. I guess maybe maybe, maybe that's why I was feeling somehow the head. Things are aligned because I mentioned it earlier. There's a way these things they are aligned like this spiritual. But when it comes to the way we interact with them, I'll say we should just be open to God. Why? Because when they lay down doctrine, it helps us to see, to anchor us, like I said earlier. But the workings of things, how they add these things to us, right? It may not be the way we are thinking. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. But it's good to know them. But it's good to desire those things to be added. Because them being added means movement spiritually. If they stop adding, we won't journey further. Mm-hmm. Means that that add, that add there means it just means take further steps. Mm-hmm. Take further steps. It's talking about growing up spiritually. Mm-hmm. So inside this thing is what inside what. Peter is saying is faith, hope, and charity. So they now say that because there's there is what you call love of the brethren. Because of time, I can I think that's one of time. I think maybe that's why I'm even me I'm rushing self. Because I don't if 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 I if I want to explain temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, I think we will spend much more time. And I, I, I'm hoping I can, we can just round up because it's, I think we'll spend another extra hour, almost another hour. Since I said one hour and I was like, ah, I was giving thanks earlier that I was about to finish. I did not do <laughs> that. I'm going to spend another extra time. But these things, right, inside it, they, they explain faith, hope, and charity. So there's a movement, in, there's movement from faith to hope to charity inside this that is explained and they are aligned chronologically and that is how we should grow because it's a part of growth that's how we should grow when we grow right knowledge should be temperance should be added to our knowledge there's a, there's a point of growth where temperance is added to knowledge there's a part where patience is added to temperance there's a part where we become godly then there's a part where we will not begin to exhibit love towards the brethren. Now, but is Peter, Peter explained them, but maybe when we get time, we should, we should go home and read it. Uh, because in, in 1 Peter, right, 
Peter, I think chapter 2, where he was saying that, uh, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. First Peter chapter 2, verse, uh, is there towards the end? Uh, let me read verse 22. It says, Seeing ye have purified your soul in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. Right? So there's a part, there's a part where you come into unfeigned love of the brethren. That is, that's what they call brotherly kindness. Then, after brotherly kindness, what is next is charity. Right? And then you now have First uh, Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. But this is the end of all commandment. Charity out of a pure heart. Is it, is it verse 5? I think it's verse... First Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. Now the end of yeah. Now the end of commandment is charity. Out of a pure heart. So now, I'm just using this to explain that aspect of growth. So we are growing from faith, hope, to charity. Now, so the, Peter broke those things down further into different, different pieces. Right for us to see it, and that is how that's the chronological way we should grow. However, when it comes to the way we come into these things, it's not the way we think that it comes, even though that's the wisdom of bringing us there, it's not how we think, it's not what we think. There's a wisdom God uses to raise us, to raise our soul. Into coming into these things, I know. So I, I just want to make that clear because I'm seeing as maybe I'm. Um, is it contradicting myself earlier? Right when I was saying that uh, you know do it. I mean it's the same thing I said. Not I guess it's just in my head, but clearly there are things things are aligned like that's how they, are, they should be aligned, and that is how we should grow. But the manner of adding, because all these things really is also a knowledge. That makes sense. It's your knowledge. I may not be able to separate one knowledge, but I hope that we have spiritual insight. Even if we don't know, God will help us to understand. Because there is inside the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, there are knowledges. Inside the knowledge of God, there are things to know. Right? So the encapsulating thing here is that there are knowledges. It's a knowledge. Faith is a knowledge. Hope is a knowledge. Charity is a knowledge. Right? Now it's not. I'm not talking about that one that they say you should add. They, they, they say you should add temperance too. It's not that one I'm talking about. Hmm? Okay. So that that knowledge is is a knowing. Is a knowing of faith. Is what faith teaches. Really. Hmm. Maybe, maybe I can call. I guess I was trying to. I had, maybe that's why. Maybe I can call that knowledge information, but it's not really information. It's a spiritual. It's, it's also spiritual information, right? Maybe. I'm just being careful. I'm trying to separate it in my head so I don't confuse us further. Please uh, be patient with me. I don't want to confuse us. Right? That that patient, that knowledge there, like patience and uh, temperance and patience. That knowledge. I can substitute faith there still. When a faith is potent, 
produces knowledge. I will know that. Mm. And knowledge, of course, is, is a way, but ah, there's a mastery of knowledge. I guess that's what I'm trying to There's a mastery of knowledge, right? Which is the accumulation of those knowledge that you add temperance, patience, all that you add those ones to, to become godly. There's an accumulation of all that. Because when you, there's an accumulation of knowledge unto charity. Mm-hmm. So there is the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Or let me put it this way. There's a, the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ is talking about the knowing of Christ which has produced Christ in the soul. So Christ is sitting in the soul as knowledge. I think that's the best way. Okay, let, me, let, me, let me just also, let me, not, let me not talk for that. We'll talk for that in the course of time. What I'm trying to say is chronologically, those things they align, but the wisdom in which God brings us there is in God. But that is the way we should grow faith to hope, hope to charity, and God will help us to grow in that order. But we should focus more on growing and journeying. And when we focus on that, we we'll see that we are adding to our faith virtue. We are adding virtue to, we are adding uh, knowledge to our virtue. Amen. Hmm. Amen. A, I'll say this: a knowledge or a revelation without temperance. Eh? Who cause chaos? Or maybe, maybe I can call, maybe I can call that knowledge revelation. Now imagine a soul that started knowing certain things, and they started seeing others as hard. You are low, blah blah blah. blah. That soul needs temperance, and then patient joy. Then that soul can become godly. That's what does, even though you have knowledge, it's not godly. Yeah, that's what does not know what godliness looks like. So when, when they're adding temperance to that so is when that's what is beginning to calm down about the revelation. That's what is calming down. So that does not have to, it's so that has knowledge without temperance will behave. Ha ha ha. So who are these people? Go away. I guess. Maybe, maybe what happened is that maybe I explained myself father too much. So I was explaining that knowledge. I guess maybe maybe I would put, put it like that. When a soul comes to knowledge and does not have temperance, you will be proud. Mm. You would look down on others. You yeah. you consider yourself high, higher than others. You won't esteem others mm. above you. You will always lift it's yourself. Yeah. You can misbehave, you can shoot people. Mm. And when they have temperance, it means that you are not anyhow. You don't judge, you're not just hot and cold, hot and cold. Temperance is that you don't <laughs> when there's no temperance, is you don't have you don't have a temperature regulator. Mm. Oh. Can be hot suddenly, can be cold suddenly, hot, hot you're like, ah, what's going on here? Please calm down. Mm-hmm. When they have temperance, then you become normal. They gauge it. Okay. <laughs> they make it stable. Then, when he's stable, now realize that that's when he begins to come into patience. Ah, okay. 
natures are things are changing inside the soul. Amen. So there is a season of knowledge, or there's a season of faith, but this faith will transition into hope, then from hope into charity. But what they want to produce in this produces a man of charity. Amen. Amen. So how God will bring us there is by his own wisdom. And we should just be serving God and follow after God the way we are. But if I if I get that question clearly, I hope I have answered it. Did, did I answer the question? Is there any place that's still foggy? Okay, because I think because I think I feel better now than I was feeling before in explaining. Amen. And if I have confused you, please just let me know. So I can so I can correct it. Amen. So let's focus on growing, on adding. Right. Like on Tuesday we were trying to explain that don't just stop, keep adding. I mean keep pursuing growth. Don't just stop, keep adding. Is 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 there's there's a nature in the spirit which is to continually to continuously add. To continuously add and add and add. Mm. So even though these things are aligned the way they are, the wisdom, well let me put it this way, it's not the the work there, it's not really about talking about it. The work is moving you into it. But for them to move you into it, they have to talk about it. So they talk about how it's aligned. They talk about from stage to stage where you should be. Right? But the workings inside to move you there is another manner. But part of the work is exposing you to the knowledge. This is how things are aligned. But to to move you from faith to charity there is a wisdom in God on how to achieve that in every soul. We should just be alive to that. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, the same way they will talk about maybe everlasting life and you'll be like, I'm not even there yet. Why are they talking about it? It's the man. Right? Because they started, they started talking about the tabernacle in the wilderness. Even though they were, even though they were meant to build the temple in the promised land, does that make sense? Okay, so God gave them, God talked to them about it, explained. But they are actually meant to build a house for. Is God's God? They need a house, but that's not the house. So God and before they even built the tent in the wilderness, God gave them the template, but they don't have it. They now have to go and build it, right? So you can have a manner in which God can teach yeah. you about a particular place where you should be, your journey, right? Mm-hmm. But we may not be there yet. We may not even know how we get there, but it should it should create an expectation inside of us for us to move there and desire to be there. And I think that one would help us a lot in moving into salvation. Amen. Are we blessed this afternoon? Okay, let's just begin to thank God. Father, we thank you for your mercy.
Father, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Mazuza Pariata. Mazuza Kaliata Zaragata. Zipa Nota. Zipa Nota. Zipa Nota. Zipa Nota. Zipa Nota. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Can we just pray that heaven will help us to desire to move into life. Much more for that life than we currently have. That whatever wherever we are in the journey of life, that heaven will give us grace to desire to journey further, to move further inwardly in the name of Jesus. Father Maha Eprosa Eprasa. Help us to desire to continue. Grace to continue. For continuity in the spirit you release for us. In the name of Jesus. Thank you because you have answered our prayers. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your mercy. To be thou exalted in Jesus' name. We ask Father that you would continue to, to, to help us to grow Amen. and to, to add, to continually add to all that you are, you are teaching us. You help us to give to all the processes of growth, to yield to all the processes of growth inwardly Amen. in the name of Jesus. Help us to discern even when you are bringing the, those processes to us. Help us to identify them and to yield ourselves to them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered us. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.